Wasn't that beautiful? Thank you. If I was in my vehicle, I'd hit the back button. Back in the old days, I'd have hit the rewind button. How many of y'all know what the rewind button was? Y'all remember cassette tapes? And if I, if, you're, if I was back when I was in maybe the 70s, I'd have put the needle back. How many of y'all have the old vinyl? You know, the, remember the old vinyl, yeah, yeah. How many of y'all are glad to be alive? How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Did you come because you wanted to, or did you come like you feel like you had to? That's good. I hope so. I hope so. I hope we came. As I mentioned a moment ago, maybe some just thought, well, I was just reminiscing and telling stories about Pastor Sexton, and first time I met him was 1996. First message I ever heard him preach, that salvation is near, was in 1996. I wasn't trying just to be uh, historical. I was trying to teach a little something there. If we're not careful, we can come week in, week out, and miss what God really has for us. It's those moments in my history that God has helped me to become where I'm at now. Now, there's been times in my life I've missed things, especially in church services. But I hope when you come to the services that you're prepared to enter into it all. For instance, someone might say, well... Miss Donna, she can play that hymn, very beautiful. And by the way, she did, but greater than that, as we're sitting there listening to that, we're letting the Lord speak to our hearts and we're singing the words to the song. During the offering time, uh, not only we do this one different, but there's times I remember when offering was being taken in churches, and even now that God would speak to my heart about something. And so uh, I hope we all gathered here this morning and we enter into all of it. And you understand that the very God of heaven wants to speak to you today. Hopefully he already has with the singing. Whatever might be said. That's my favorite Christmas carol. Angels we have heard on high. I love reading the histories of songs because usually if someone wrote a song, normally it's come from a broken heart. That's how God works. Have you learned that normally when everything's going great, we're thankful for those moments, but normally when things are going great, we tend to forget the goodness of God? But when things get a little rough, when we're heartbroken, by the way, Handel's Messiah one of the greatest masterpieces of all time, he wrote that out of a broken heart. Horatio Spafford, the great hymn that we sing, and we associate with Christmas, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. Horatio Spafford wrote that song overlooking the ocean that his four children died and perished in, drowned, just a few days before. And so I hope we've, we, we, we enter into it all. That's something that I learned under Pastor Sexton. He was very good at trying to help all of us. We went into a service. He 
Everything that was done was done for a purpose. There was something to be gained from that or to learn from that. And, and so I, I want to say many times I know some people think, well, we just do things a certain way. No, there's reasons for things. And we don't want to miss them. Would you open your precious Bible to the book of Matthew? The book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. I can go back to when I was a child, and that's why it's so important for you to bring your children to church. I remember my mother and father, I was raised in church. There wasn't any time in my life that I had a choice whether I could go or not. My mother made sure I was there. I'm thankful for that. Now, I wasn't always thankful for that as a child. And by the way, neither were yours. And I hope every parent listens to me. You've got a real job ahead of you when you're teenagers. Your children become teenagers and they can reason with you. I've seen a lot of parents change because their teenagers has outsmarted them. You, you, you can reason with them, but there's still, there's still priorities in your home and in your family that you and your husband or you and your wife, you know that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow the Lord and we're not going to even let our children get us off track. And I say that because I was a child. I didn't always want to go to church, but I'm glad I had a mother that she, boy, she would go, look here, we're going to church. There was no discussion about it. And by the way, they made it even easier for me. She laid my clothes out. Somebody say amen. And that was way up there. Teenage years. It was funny. Uh, uh, there was people in our school one time and they said, Boy, Mark, you always dress nice. You always dress nice. And listen to me. I, could care, I cared less. I couldn't care less. I didn't care if I had a name brand. I didn't care. It didn't bother me at all. But my sister and my mother always made sure I had nice clothes. And this girl came up to me one time. She's like, You always? I says, Well, look, you can go thank my mom and sister for that because I don't care. I'd have wore jogging pants every day. Somebody say amen. But I hope during the Christmas season, we're making memories today that will affect our lives forever. That's what I'm trying to say. Matthew, Gospel according to Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So, I take from that, he did not know scripture. There's an application there. If someone was to come to you as a Christian and say, why do you believe what you believe, can you tell them? Verse 5, and they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, notice, here, and they kind of rebuked him a little bit. They said, for thus it is written by the prophets. 
And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll speak to our hearts and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Starlight, star bright, first star I've seen tonight. We was Christmas caroling the other night, and uh, man, we went up here to Black Creek. And it was the very first door that we knocked on. And as they were knocking on that door, I happened to catch a glimpse of something up in the sky. And I mean, there was a, I mean, a meteor. And I, you say, how do you know it was a meteor? Well, because I had gotten a, a, a notification on my app, my weather app, earlier that morning and said there's going to be meteors tonight. You can see up to a, a, a 30 an hour. Well, I'm, we're sitting there knocking on that door, and about that time that lady gets ready to come, the door's like, hey, look, there's a shooting star. And I think everybody looked at me and said, what in the world is he doing? But I listen here, I can't hardly hear out of my left ear. That thing was so close, I heard it. Starlight, star bright, first star I've seen tonight. When we think of the Christmas season, we think of the Christmas star. And when we think about the Christmas star, we ordinarily think of the star on the tree or the star growing up in Hinton. There was a star up on the side of the mountain. And man, there was two things that took place in Hinton, West Virginia that you know Christmas was a coming. Number one, that big star was lit up on the side of that mountain because everybody in Hinton could see it. And number two was Jim Gore's big pine tree that was lit up. And I mean, that thing was 50, 60, 70 feet tall. We associate Christmas with a star. Well, rightfully so, because we understand that these wise men followed a star. Now, let me just say, we know that the wise men did not show up the night the shepherds is. Now, I have no problem with that being in Christmas place because you're trying to get it all in. I understand that. I don't think you're doing injustice to the Word of God at all. But we know from this passage that they had already moved from a manger, from a stable to a house, because the Bible says they had moved to the house when they got to the house. So we know it was not the same night because there was no room. They didn't have a home. So we know this was sometime later. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be two years later. It could have been a week later. I don't know. But all we know is when these wise men got there, they came to a house where baby Jesus was, and we know that they were led there by a star. Starlight, star bright, first star I've seen tonight. And I don't know if I'm quoting that right. But let me just say the star of Christmas. Really, what is the star of Christmas? 
in this passage, these wise men are coming to witness the birth of Jesus Christ by following a star that had risen in the east. So verse 2 tells us their intention was to worship him. Listen to me, not the star. It's important for us to realize that the wise men's focus was not so much in following the star in the sky. Y'all ready? It was for the star of true Christmas, the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you say, what is, it's better to say, who is the star of Christmas? That is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, nothing should take place of Him at Christmas. He's the star. If you try to make anything else a star of Christmas, it's idolatry. He's the star. These wise men were coming to worship the star of Christmas. Do you know the Word of God gives 256 names to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now I have three. Patrick, Mark, Brandon. That's my name. By the way, Name your children by their first name. Amen. Call them by their first name. I don't look like a Patrick, do I? Now, this man right over here looks like a Patrick. He looks like a Pat. I look like a Mark. A Mark. That's not really. He made a Mark. But the Lord Jesus had 256 names. Hmm. I believe this is because he was infinitely beyond all that anyone could name him. Christ is referred to as the star of or the light of the world. Numbers 24 verse 17 is the first mention of prophecy of the star of Christmas which is Jesus and I quote I shall see him but not now I shall behold him but not nigh there shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheph we read something similar in the New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. They're speaking, the word of God is speaking nothing of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the day star. Also, he's referred to as a star in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. See, the real star of Christmas and the one to be followed, the one to be trusted, the one to worship is none other than the star, the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we're worshiping today. I want you to consider with me this morning the person, this person of light. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So we realize tonight, this morning, that the wise men were not seeking to worship a star. Not in the air, not in the sky. They were seeking to worship the star of Christmas. 
The Bible says in Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus is the light of the world. Without Him, listen, we walk in darkness. We'll be lost in darkness and we will be hopeless for all eternity. But I thank God He's given us the light in darkness. John chapter 1 verse 6 and 8 states this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of what? The light that all men through him might believe he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now listen, we're we're into man worship today. We love worshiping men. By the way, by the way, back in Bible days, John the Baptist was someone that people would make a hero. People would follow him. They'd seen all the things that he'd done. But the Bible very clearly says there was a man named John. He came only to witness of the light. He wasn't the light. He was the witness of the light. By the way, I don't want to burst your bubble here this morning. I don't want to burst my bubble this morning. But I want to say this this morning. None of us, hey, none of us are the star. By the way, I'm thankful for everyone here that can sing. I'm thankful for everyone here that can play. I'm thankful for every gift and every bit of talent that you might possess. But listen to me, you should never be worshipped. By the way, this is a lesson. When someone comes up to me and says, Oh, pastor, good message or good sermon, listen to me. I don't ever say, Thank you. I say, Praise the Lord. I'm not the star. I know who I am. I'm an old worthless sinner saved by grace. But boy, we like to walk around. Boy, we like the pats on the shoulder. Listen to me. I don't want to burst your bubble. You are nothing. I am nothing without Jesus. I'm glad I was trained in a place where that stuff was not tolerated. I could have went to a school. I know there are some places where when someone says, hey, when the preacher walks into place, y'all supposed to get up on the pews and shout and holler and scream, wait a minute, I'm not the star. He's the star. He's the star. Very clearly we realize here these wise men were not coming to worship anything other than him. Why? Because he's the star of Christmas. He's the star of light. Hey, he is the star of all of our lives. Can I say, I'm sure, that the star in the sky was very, very exciting. And by the way, they got excited. But here's why they got excited. Because as we read the story, we realize that star disappeared for a while. We know that to be true because if that star was continuing to shine, they wouldn't have had to have asked Herod. Then the Bible said when it reappeared, they were excited because of the star. Not just because, but again, I love light. I love stars. By the way, I love Christmas lights. Y'all like Christmas lights. Man, I, I listen, I, I got to share this with y'all just to let y'all know that, you know, we have fun. I'm not a Grinch at Christmas. I like stuff other, I like human things at Christmas, man. And listen, this year I said, look, we got to do something Christmassy this year at the house. So early on, Laura and I went and looked at Home Depot, and I'm telling y'all right now, I was heartbroken. I wanted to get something for the children that we ain't never got before. And I mean, listen to me now, they had a Mickey Mouse that stood this tall. And it wasn't a blow-up, 
He was this tall, and here's what was amazing, boy. When you pushed his button, here he would sing, We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And man, it was loud. It was, and I was like, Lord, we gotta get that. Could you imagine the kids walking up on the porch and seeing that? Man, every time we come up on the thing, push the button. And, I was, and man, I was excited, so we got to get it. And then we looked at the price tag. She said, I ain't spending that on that. I said, oh, come on, I'll, let's spend it. She's like, Mark, really? I said, yeah. Then as I walked away, I said, well, maybe just some lights that blink or something. So I've been looking ever since. And so Laura and I go somewhere the other day. It was Michael's, wasn't it? We walked in Michael's. I wanted to look at all the Christmas stuff. And I walk over there and I'm looking for something festive, something that lights up, something that sings. And man, I found them. There was these little white bulbs. And when you pushed the button, they started blinking smiley faces. And it started singing jingle bells, jingle bells. And I mean, it was beautiful. I said, that's it. Plus it fit the pocketbook, Amen. So, man, I wrapped, we went out there and wrapped them things on our tree in the front. And the first thing, and now here's what's amazing. Kay, don't come in that door coming or going without pushing that button. I love Christmas life. Have y'all looked at my tree this year? My tree's special, man. I got big. I said, Lord, I want big bulbs on my tree. So we went and got big bulbs. And I said, white? White's boring. I want Christmas lights. I want the reds, the greens, the blues. I wanted the orange. I want them all. I said, I want them big. And so, so she was the kind. She went and we went and got and picked out them lights. And then she, I got to share this with you. Years ago when I was a little boy, I can remember sitting down talking to my mom. By the way, I used to, I used to play hooky during Christmas time. I didn't want to go to school. And every year the teacher would call my mother, they'd get to talk and say, something ain't right, Mark's getting sick every time around Christmas. So mom finally sat down and had a little heart to heart. She said, I want you to tell me the truth, what's going on? She said, I said, I just don't want to leave the house because I want to be here with you and all these Christmas decorations. You remember that? And one of those days that I was skipping school, I was sitting there, my mother was talking to me about when she was a little kid, little girl, and they would have bubble lights on their tree. And for me at that moment, I could not picture a bubble light, but from that moment on, I said, man, that must be beautiful. And she tried to describe them to me. And for years and years and years, I, I, didn't, I could never see a bubble light. And then one day, Laura, now this has been 20-some years ago, we go to Pigeon Forge and we go into that Christmas place for all the Christmas all year long we walk in there and I see this tree that's got these lights on that's bubbling and I said Laura that's got to be bubble lights so finally after 20 years I finally seen bubble lights if y'all don't know what bubble lights is go in there and walk to my office you'll see bubble lights I love Christmas music I like Christmas of light I gave my granddaughter a history lesson on George Frederick Handel's Messiah the other day. She was real entertained. <laughs> so I sat down with her and I was trying to tell her about Handel's Messiah. But better than that, man, what I did is I just put one of them videos on where they did them flash mob at the mall and everybody was eating and all of a sudden, man, this girl on this phone, she just stood up and she started singing. I mean, chills just go up my back. And I will have to say this, Cora sat there with me. She stayed with me for about three minutes. The other day I picked them up from school and I said, look, are we in the Christmas spirit? I said, we're going to sing. So we started singing Little Drummer Boy. Then I made the ultimate mistake. 
I played the Christmas can-can. And now my grandson is hooked. Every morning now when we wake up, he said, Papa, can we play the Christmas can-can? He did it this morning. Y'all heard it. The lights and the singing and the music and all of that at Christmas. Hey, listen, we have a good time. Y'all have a good time. Look, if you're a Scrooge, you need to quit being one. You need to go get that Mickey Mouse, amen? I'm longing for that thing. Just $199 says it can stay where it's at. So then the last time we went to Home Depot, Laura was praying. We walked in there and the last one had done been sold. If anybody says, oh, I wouldn't have a Mickey Mouse, then you just need to be quiet. It ain't your porch. <laughs> wouldn't you like to experience, we love the Christmas lights. Now I'm going to see a bunch of you walk down the hall, you're going to see a bubble light. Y'all are welcome to do it. My office is right over here. I love lights of Christmas. We went down to EPB last night as a whole family just to look at the windows. By the way, they're worth going down there and looking at. But wouldn't you like to experience the light of Jesus at Christmas? If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I say you're walking in darkness? You need the light. That's why he came. Now, let me give an application to Christians real quick this morning. A story is told about a man who was a shoemaker and he had a longing really to be a missionary. And everyone who came into his shoe shop heard about Jesus Christ. I mean everybody. One day his friend took him aside and said, look buddy, I want to help you. He said, if you really want your business to thrive, he said, you're ruining your business. He said, because everybody that comes in here, you're cobbling their shoes, you're fixing their shoes, you're repairing their shoes, you're talking to everybody here about Jesus. He said, you do know that you're ruining your business. The man responded, my business? He said, my business is extend the kingdom of God. I only cobble shoes to meet my needs. He said, we've lost sight of that. I'll never forget it. it was Pastor Sexton the very first time I heard someone say that to me that it really clicked. He said, look, what you do as a job, and I hope everybody hears me here, is not your life. God help us if that's our life. My father faithfully served CMP Telephone Company, turned into Verizon. He, he retired from there, and when he retired, listen to me now, he got a paper recognition of faithful service. But I hear people all the time, well, this is what I do with my life. Well, listen, if you're a Christian, you ought to be shining light. That's your job. You ought to be shining light. You ought to be the light of the world. That's what the Bible left us. That's what God left us here. So whether we cobble shoes, whether we work at Walmart, whether we're a contractor, whether whatever we are, that's just what you do to take care of your family and provide your needs. If you're a Christian, that's your business. All you need to do is just keep doing what you're doing. You need to keep shedding the light, spreading the light. Like this shoemaker, he did it with great conviction. He did it with great wisdom. He did it with great beauty. He did it with great love. And we ought to be spreading the light. 
See, this is what our Bible tells us when it tells us to put our light. Don't hide it under a bushel, but to put it up on top. It's like a city. It ought to be spreading the light. Why? Don't put our, we don't hide our light. Look, look, there's too many Secret Service Christians now. God didn't call us to be Secret Service. He called us to be ambassadors. They're the ones that's always being heard and seen. See, first instance, light was the first thing God created. And let there be light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. John chapter 12 tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while it is light with you. While Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Philippians 2.15 says that ye may be blameless and harmless and sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights. Are you shining? I don't know about you. You know what frustrates me when I go? I don't use them a whole lot but because usually I try to walk in the woods in the dark. But I like to have a flashlight. You know, you know that what gripes me more than anything is to grab a flashlight and it won't work. Or it's too dim to get the job done. And I wonder, I thought about that the other day. I picked up a flashlight and I had left it on. And so when I picked it up, man, I'm telling you, when I clicked it back on, it came on, but I turned the light off and I actually had it in my pocket, walked through the woods with it. It was so dim I couldn't even see. And I thought, you know what, Lord, I wonder how many times in my Christian life I've shown like that. Can I just say, I do believe some of our lights in this church has grown dimmer than what I knew 15 years ago. Let me say that again. I do think some lights in this area and in this church has grown a lot dimmer than what they used to be 10 years ago. And by the way, you say, Pastor, who are you referring to? Well, there's been times I could refer to myself. How, am I, how bright am I shining today? How, how bright am I shining right now? How bright am I shining in my home? How bright am I shining at church? How am I, it's easy to shine here, but are we, are we shining at our workplace? That's what God left us here for. Yes, he's the true star, but we ought to be reflecting his light. See, here's the good news. It's that this story of the shining star does not end with the wise men. Here it is. The ability for this star to continue to shine is up to us. How bright is he? If I was to go to every child today and talk to them, and by the way, I would never do that, but if I would go and talk to them and have them safe to where they feel like they could tell me anything, I could find out everything I wanted to know about your home you know that to be true. Somebody say amen. Don't do that. But let that sink in and let that convict and say, well, and by the way, I think you ought to be able to let your hair down at your home. It's your home. We have fun in our home. I let my hair down in my home. I don't have much to let down. But we still keep a Christian. I said this about Pastor Sexton. I, he had such an influence in my life personally. I mean personally. I, I can count many, many times that I was in his presence personally. 
And I'll be honest, when he passed, I, I got to, all those things started to flood my mind, and I, I thought, what an impact he had, even in the small things, even some of the things I'm saying today could go on for, I mean, just thousands of instances, small things, small things. And I thought, how do you really know that you're dealing with someone that is a man of God or someone that's really being used of God? And here's what I come to the conclusion. As I was sitting there in all of these personal ways, here's what I thought. And thousands of others can say the same. I wonder if my life impacts people like that. I wonder if your life impacts people like that. Is that a desire that we have? Do we want to help people? Do we want to shine, give them light in a dark world? They'll be better for it. Let me give you five things real quick now, quick, because i got to hurry. We should never, ever, ever lose our brightness of the Christmas star. Can I give you five ways not to? Number one, y'all ready? Light. L, love. Who do you love? See, love's the supreme, supreme motive. I, I preached a message the other day. I hope everyone will listen to it. It's what do you want for Christmas? I hope it's wisdom. We're living in such a, light, such a world void of wisdom. And sadly, it's creeping in our churches. Let me give you some wisdom, not because I know it, because the Bible teaches it. Love is the greatest motive. When someone loves someone or something, you do not have to beat them over the head. You don't have to bribe them. And as I said earlier, you certainly don't have to pull out a pistol and make someone. I'm going to tell you something right now. When you love somebody, all motivation comes from that. So if you're going to shine as the light, you're going to love the one that's given you the light. Love is the first. You say, Pastor, why do you come to church? Because I love the founder. Why do you want to preach? Because I love the one I'm preaching about. Why do you love this church? Because the Lord loves you. By the way, people are just like me and you. We're hard to love. But what is the motive that we keep loving people? Because I love him and he loves you. Why do we desire to parent our children the way we should parent our children? Because we love the one that's given him to us. Love is the greatest of motivators. Why are we going to be here at church on Christmas Eve? Because we love the founder. Why should we be faithful to church? I, by the way, the theme this year is going to be faithfulness required. That's the thing. Faithfulness required. Because the Bible said it is required of a steward to be found good looking. It is required of a steward that he can preach. It's required of a steward that he can sing. It's required of a, a steward that he's smart or he has all knowledge. No, it is required of a steward to be faithful. And why are we faithful? Because we love the one we're faithful to. See, love. Light, you'll never shine. We'll let that light go dim when our love grows dim. L, I, quickly now, imitate Christ. If you love the Lord, I've learned this. When you love something, you start to imitate them. 
Is that not our theme this year that, oh, to be like him, we ought to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be reflecting his light. So we ought to love the Lord. We ought to imitate the Lord. Number, letter G, very simply, we ought to get to know other people. I'm talking about now us Christmas shining as the reflective Christmas star. We're, we're, we're trying to spread the light. So how are we going to spread the light? We've got to get to know people. By the way, it's better for us to talk to them after we get to know them. What we like to do is we like to preach to people without getting to know them. If we get to know them and we earn their love, they earn our respect, listen, then we're more apt to be able to say tougher things to them because they know we love them. Love the Lord, imitate Christ, get to know others. Here's another one, lost most today. H, hospitality. Be hospitable to people. Last night we all went and... <laughs> I know this is silly, but Kim picked up on it and I thought the same thing. I wasn't going to say anything, but she did. But we're downtown and there was people that uh, I looked at him and gave a nod. He looked at me and I... I could have went, but I looked at him and I nodded, and he went, thank you. So in other words, I was telling him, you go ahead. Now, we had a whole van load of people, and he had his whole family, and here's what they did. I'm like, man, if I'd have known that, I'd have run over you. If I'd have known that, I'd have shot the gap and told you, you can catch up out, you can run behind, you can walk behind the van. You say, Pastor, what did you... That's just being hostile. That's not even... That's not even being thoughtful. I was thoughtful to him, so why can't he be a little thoughtful back? And by the way, that's a good lesson for all of us. If people, we're we in a hurry or there's things that needs to be done, you ought to be thoughtful of other people. By the way, don't witness to your waiter if you're going to smash him out, if you're going to run him out. Don't, don't do that. Be patient with him. Hey, be, be hospitable to your, to your waiter. Maybe he's back there. You never know what he's dealing with. But if you've Yell at him. You say, I tell you right now, you didn't get this stuff done enough. Then forget about witnessing to him. When we're hospitable people, we're able to give the light. So love the Lord, imitate Christ, get to know others, hospitality. And then here it is. Y'all ready? Just tell them about Jesus. You say, oh, Pastor, I'm going to tell you right now. I just can't talk. Well, that's not true. I've heard everybody pretty much talk. It's just here's the thing. What are we talking about? Now, I'm going to give you all real quick, and i got to quit. Man, I was thinking. We went over to see Miss Carolyn Brockett the other day, and I just got to thinking about Brother Roy. And I got to thinking about his brothers. And Brother Milford and I buried his oldest brother, Johnny. And I'll never forget Brother Milford. I didn't know Johnny. This was Roy Brackett's oldest brother. And, me, and Brother Milford called me one day. He said, Pastor, uh, there's a man down in the hospital. He said, Johnny Brackett. He said, no, we, I'd like to go with you. He said, will you go with me? I said, sure, I'd love to go. And we go down there, and as we're going down there, and I'm not being ugly, but I'm just being revealing to you. Brother Milford's wise and soul winning, talking to people about the Lord. He said, no, Pastor, he's lived a rough life. And he said, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. We don't know. He's never had any desire. He's never had any concern about knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior. Well, that tells me a lot. Because normally even a tough man, a hard man, when he's laying in the bed at the hospital, he gets softened up. By the way, he did. And boy, I'll never forget, boy, we walked in there and Brother Milford, man, he's like the master soul winner, man. 
we walk in there and we're chatting, you know, chit-chatting, and we're just talking. And, and all of a sudden, boy, old, old Milford just slit. He just gets down there right there on him, boy, down there on his level. Man, he gets, he gets his voice down. To, he said, no, Johnny. He said, we come here to check on you. He said, more important than that, he said, we came in here I, to tell you about Jesus. Are we telling people about Jesus? When it's all said and done, listen to me, that's all people really need to hear about us as we're telling about Jesus. Mark Brandon's nothing without Jesus. You're nothing without Jesus. If there's any good about you, it's because of Jesus. If anybody needs any light, he's going to have to give it, so tell them about Jesus. Little Kaylee, she was scared of the dark. Growing up, when we lived at Ronsford, I had to stay in the living room. She had to know there was a light between her door and the front door. And there were times if Kaylee knew I'd done slipped off to bed, she done got smarter that thing. I'd turn the light on in the living room and then I'd crawl through the hall and get into bed. And Kaylee, here would she be. She'd be doing this about every 30 minutes. What was she doing? She just wanted to make sure Daddy was sitting out there in the living room between her and the front door. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But y'all know what we, what we try to do is, oh, I'll tell you what, you're okay as long as Daddy's sitting out there. Well, what if someone bigger than Daddy walks in? So you know what we try to do? We just try to keep telling her about Jesus. She was safe in the arms of Jesus. She could lay her head on the pillow at night. That was dark, and yes, we know, scary sometimes at night, but you know what we did? We just tried to tell her about Jesus because we knew there was going to be a day when Daddy couldn't sit up there in the living room, but Jesus was always going to be with her. You know what people need? They need Jesus. We need to be telling them about Jesus. When people are in the hospital, they're hurting. They don't need to hear about your story. And by the way, I'm not against you telling them your story as long as you include Jesus. Well, I'll tell you how I got through that. I'll tell you, and if it's, a, if it's without Jesus, you didn't get through it. They need to hear about Jesus. We got to give the light. Tell them about it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Can I ask this? How many of y'all glad somebody told y'all about Jesus? Now, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen to me, you know it in your heart. You know it. And I'm saying to you this morning, you can trust him today, and I promise you this, he'll fill every bit of that darkness with light because he's the true star of Christmas. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We'll be dismissed. We'll pray, and we'll give the invitation. I'm going to ask... How many of you are glad that the star of Jesus, the star, came down and touched your heart and you trusted the star of Jesus Christ, your Savior? How many of you are thankful for that? But can I ask this morning, you say, Pastor Mark, I'm here and I don't know for sure if I know Jesus as my Savior. Then I'm going to ask, they're going to play these instruments. Why don't you come and we'll have someone take the Bible and show you how to be saved. You can meet him today. If you're here and you've not, you're star, you're saved, but your star has not been shining like it should be shining. And you feel like you need to relight it or to turn it up, then I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to come. And you come and we'll have folks come around and pray with you. See, God works in the heart. The heart gets dim. The heart gets flooded with the world. So I'm going to ask men, 
if you would, to come around Mr. Bubba. And I'd like, if you would, just to pray. Ask God to help him. See, it's in all of us. One of my favorite hymns is Come Thou Fount. One of the verses in that says, Lord, I'm prone to wonder. All of us are prone to wonder. All of us are prone to wonder. But that's why that hymn says, Let thy love like fetters bind my wondering heart to thee. I've spoke to Bubba on Wednesday, and I'm going to ask if all of you will stand here in a moment when they get done praying, and I'm going to ask Brother Bubba, he's going to stand up here. This is Bubba Winchester. How many of you know Bubba? Now, Bubba come to me on Wednesday, and he said, I, I got to do something. He said, the Lord's tugging at my heart. And he's done what we all need to do. We just need to come clean to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us. Listen to me. The fight's here. The fight's here and the fight's here. But I told Bubba, I said, if you want to come and rededicate your life on Sunday, you'll have a group of people fight with you in prayer. But listen to me. I said to him, as I say to you, the real fight's right here. And right here. We got to fight. We ask God to help us in the fight. Now, I'm going to do this. Brother Jimmy, Mr. Jimmy Horton, I want you to raise your hand. Jimmy Horton, you see that hand? I want you and him to talk today. You do that? I want you all to talk today. I want you to encourage him. With God, it's possible. Without him, it's not. And so, Bob, I want you to know you've encouraged my heart. We're here. We love you. We're going to pray for you. And we want to see you here every time the door squeaks. Can you do that? Do your best? Now, here's the first challenge. Here's your first homework tonight. You can't be here tonight? Well, the only homework then is just I'm asking you tonight. You're going to see somebody get saved. You've already gotten saved, but it, but here... Do me a favor, get on your phone, text somebody and ask them to come with you tonight. Be here tonight. How many of you are going to be praying for Bubba? Amen. Mr. Bubba, I'm going to ask you if you would go to the back. Folks are going to shake your hand. Is that okay? Shake your hand. And, and my wife told me the other night when he come in, he just grabbed her and hugged. And, and here's the thing. You have a family. And we understand. It's a struggle. But that's why it's so important that you stay connected to your church family. And you stay faithful. You'll get encouraged. Amen. So, Brother Bubba, would you go to the, I guess that's the front. I'm in the back. To the front. And let's pray for him. Amen. How many of you want to shine brighter? Let's ask God to help us. 
Well, let's try it today. Let's shine bright. Let's get our cell phones out, get the telephones out. Let's put it out on social media. Let's do all we can. Let's fill this place up tonight. We're going to have a great, the choir did a great job yesterday. I'm excited. We've got some new voices in it. They've, man, it's just great. And the play, I'm telling you, you're going to be right there with the blood, sweat, and the tear. How many of y'all like Civil War history? Well, then you're not going to want to miss tonight. And the greatest of all Civil War generals is talked about tonight, Stonewall Jackson. And so let's pray together and let's ask God's blessing. Brother Don, would you pray for us, please?